This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week, and we've just discovered a rogue comet passing through this sector. I'm joined by my co-host, astrophysicist Daniel Prue, sitting at Science Station 1. What do you make of that comet, Daniel? Uh, well, it's it's really old and dusty. Like, really old. Like, nobody's even been around now, is for Is that while. your professional opinion? Well, I just, just from looking at the screen, it's just really dusty. <laughs> I can just kind of tell. And I'm also joined by ship historian Philip Gilfist. I don't really know why Starfleet gave us a historian. It's not like the Enterprise does anything noteworthy. I, I, I guess we can put your talents to good use. No, I was just um, Elkar's Alta Vista-ing um, when people were in showers on the Enterprise. Oh, so anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, you know, it's very interesting. I've been kind of looking up some interesting civilizations. Um, did you know that in the late 20th, first uh, century, there was this um, form of communication called holocasting? Apparently, it was a way that people talked about their cultural properties. It was kind of an information archive. We can actually go back and uh, see what they talked about back then. It's really interesting. Um, there's there's these culture. Oh, yeah, that movie sounds horrible. Anyway, but yeah, that, that's 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 what that's what's in this database. Oh, just a good use of uh, Federation resources. If I ever heard of one. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Wait. I, Daniel, are you playing Galaga on that Science One station? <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tap, I'll tap, I'll tap. <laughs> well, the three of us here on Earl Grey, we're big fans of our sister podcast, To the Journey. To the Journey! And one of their beloved topic types is to do an episode rewrite. Uh, so, to the point, uh, we will be presenting our own rewrite of the Season 7 episode, masks now it's not to say masks is a terrible you know never should have been written episode but it just maybe maybe it's a little too high concept it you know it, it it's a good middle ground it's it's got some good material that i think we can work with and i know all of you were really eager to rewatch it in preparation for this episode well wait, we're doing the episode mask i was watching the cartoon series mask i had a whole bunch of cool things that we could have transformed oh gosh did that be the new intro is the mask (laughs) yeah i had just a great idea Uh, about this humvee and then like it opens up and it forms all these guns oh man all right is that the argo oh and it uh turns into the captain's yacht or something (laughs) like that well to briefly summarize this episode in the broadest of terms uh, again, this was season seven, episode seventeen, and they discover this comet that has an ancient archive in it. These mysterious symbols start to show up. Data starts to get multiple personalities. Uh, Masaka's chasing Corgano, and Captain Picard outwits it using the fine print, you know, again. And then everything goes back to normal, and there's snakes. That's pretty much the episode. Am I, am I missing anything? Whoa, I think, whoa, uh, whoa. How do these snakes get into this torpedo tube? <laughs> uh, why did it have to be snakes? But uh, So that's what I wanted to start with. What did we originally think of, of masks? Daniel, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> now, we only have seven. some time, Daniel. You can't monopolize. <laughs> blah, blah. Oh, I hate this episode. You know, I've got to... But I will be honest with you. I... um. And as we're going through, I, I did write down the parts that I liked. I, I really genuinely dislike this episode, but I was kind of surprised that <laughs> we don't get into the obnoxiousness uh, of the episode until about a third of the way through. Um, so I really actually like the setup in the episode. Um, 
that's cool. I like the comet and like this mystery, and then there's this old thing, and that's cool. That's cool. Once uh, Brent decided he wanted to play <laughs> 72 characters in this episode, I think that's when I I I'm I'm over it. But so I generally hate this episode, but there are pieces of it that are actually pretty interesting. And what about you, Philip? Have you uh, you know practiced your clay making for tonight? Yeah, and and I I did make a, a clay sculpture in the shape of a microphone because uh, I think your your <laughs> subject was podcasting, and that's really what it evoked for me. Um, it's a start. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know I, I don't I don't dislike it, or at least I don't really like remember this as much as as Daniel does. Um, but watching it again uh, recently, as in like two hours ago, um, I, I agree with <laughs> with Daniel that you know as far as like if if we were trying you know reshaping this episode. I would say like the first third to a half, like basically almost until when Data goes to his diagnostic with Jordy, mm-hmm. and then he changes. Like that's when it kind of goes off the rails. But like everything up to that point, great, like you said, great mystery. You know, it's you know the things are changing, um, and uh, it, it does. And, and Picard uses archaeology skills, mm-hmm. which I think he's at a plus eight at this point in season seven. <laughs> so. Um, and, and yeah, so you don't often get him to use that outside of like, you know, Gambit or the chase. Um, that isn't often like, hey, this is actually Picard's bag. Let's go let him use it for the whole episode. So, yeah, so I that, enjoyed that. That was actually something else I put was was the Picard thing because it's really cool watching him like geek out over something like that actually he would geek out over. And then also he's using it to help solve this mystery. So that's super cool. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll get into more later, but that, I just wanted to reiterate that point. Also, like in schooling, schooling Riker, like, like, man, <laughs> sir, look at all these primitive pieces of, well, number one, primitive <laughs> to the untrained eye. <laughs> Riker deceptively does, primitive. Riker in doesn't fact. have a lot to do in this episode, and no, he does. I'm not. pretty sure there's a scene at the end. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he f- he almost flubs his line, and they keep it in. He was supposed to say Corgano, and I'm pretty sure he couldn't remember that. Le- I think he was going to say <laughs> Masaka at first. Uh, but anyways, just because he only had two lines to memorize this whole episode. so You had two jobs, Will. <laughs> well, if we cut out the scene where you know Beverly and Troy are going off to their Worf calisthenics class, I don't think Beverly would have been in this yeah, episode. That's true. <laughs> also, I was but, a little uh, scared, which again, Daniel, 24th century expert here, you know, uh, but I was like, oh, well, maybe Will left it. And Troy's like, not really a style. I was like, maybe you have a secret admirer. Maybe you have a stalker who's coming <laughs> in your quarters. Where's security? <laughs> yeah. the uh, You know, the- uh, Worf is the head of security. I think uh, <laughs> we know how someone bypassed true. the lock. Yeah, that that scene was a little odd to me i i I kind of just ignored it because it was ignored in the in the episode but like it was i was thinking too like um so somebody snuck into your quarters and left this weird rock thing and you don't care like you don't care at all like the only thing i could think of was oh i can just look up the security logs later or maybe i didn't have like my door locked the whole time maybe they don't keep their door locked i don't know that's weird so improving this Why episode have door locks when you just trust everyone yeah. so improving this episode better door locks all right is it down on the whiteboard already <laughs> yeah so, well because because you know we're, we're very optimistic right we're very friendly on the enterprise d i guess you could consider us the canada of Star Trek, so we every, everybody leaves their doors unlocked. Okay, so let's do every oh, series gosh. as countries. The original series is definitely America because it's just blowing stuff up. Um, so TNG is the Canada. Yeah, East Space Nine. I don't. It's a little darker. Maybe it's old Europe. I don't know what, what we would say. Europe. Yeah, but uh, and then Voyager is a country we've never heard of because it's just out there. Right, so maybe it's I mean, maybe it's like I mean, Australia on, or something. A country run by a woman? I've never, I've, I've <laughs> never. <laughs> well, uh, that's uh, all we're talking about here on Trek <laughs> FM this week. But no, well, that's good that, that a, a good third of this episode is written for us, so that will take shaves away, you know, a good fifteen minutes. We don't even have to talk about. But, now, isn't that little uh, kid no. in another episode? Because I feel like I saw him one more the time. The one who's like, my computer's broken. <laughs> he has that sort Probably of like... relics or... Little overacting or, kid no, of like... Rascals. It's like, Counselor, 
this is, did you do the system update gosh t- adults are just so bad with technology nowadays <laughs> i gotta update this thing it was weird too that scene because um it's focusing on Troy and Data, and then all of a sudden you hear this little kid, and he's like, counselor! And you think he's like maybe like three or four feet away in the distance. <laughs> he's like right <laughs> he's there. He's like touching Data. He's like on his lap. And I'm like, where was this kid two seconds ago? I don't understand. It was really weird. <laughs> okay, well, one of the other things I wanted to, to ask about was, you know, what what is the B-plot of this episode? Because the A-plot's obviously, you know... The whole Masaka Corgano, you know, everything's being transformed on the molecular level. What what is that? Data's imagination or something? I didn't really almost feel like this had a B plot, or or maybe it inter inter maybe it interfaced with the A plot so much that it wasn't. You know, we're used to like, and now we cut back and forth, but we didn't really do that. Once we start changing, it's pretty much all A plot. Yeah, and that's one thing uh, about this this episode. Like, it seemed a little long to me. Like, I kept like looking at the Netflix tracker. Like, oh, we're only halfway through. Okay, well, let's kind of speed it up a little bit. Uh, so, <laughs> so I don't know if the B plot would have helped or not. I mean, and I I say that neutrally. Not prepare not. to fast forward, fast forward, <laughs> fast forwarding, sir. <laughs> when will but, then be but, now? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> but I I do feel like there was a. I don't want to say failure, but the, but the the theme that they started with, okay, data and his lack of imagination. Where can we go with that? You know, that's sort of like that's kind of like what was on the whiteboard. Like we want to do data and his imagination, okay. But and like this episode doesn't necessarily thread that needle to me, because um, like at the no, end, because it's not data being imaginative; it's data being controlled. It's it's Brent well, Spiner and, and, showing his audition reel. But also that there's a point where they say, you know, this is probably the first time you've ever been like an entire civilization inside your head. I'm like, uh, crystalline entity and all the colonists, like we've already been here before, but you know. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, I would cut all that out. I don't, I don't want data to get taken over. I don't want him in a dress again. I don't want him to be (laughs) these 14 different characters who like that one scene between, uh, between all of Data's personalities and Picard in Data's quarters, I think that scene is about an hour and a half long. And, <laughs> it, like, it's, ju- it's just... Daniel, the episode's only, like, 45 minutes. It's physically it, it impossible. Like, is it, like, in, in temporal terms, like the dinner scene in The Hobbit Part 1? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I, I haven't seen the film. Daniel was reaching for the Netflix control, and his hand got stuck in a time bubble in that scene. <laughs> and his fingernails felt like it was my fingernails grew. And his feet, he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just bad. And and to to the point of the B plot, yeah, it's completely dropped. It doesn't like the the first scene of the of the episode. The first couple scenes don't have anything to do with the rest of the episode either. Like it just feels like they just like. Let's do a funny thing with Data. And he's trying to do something normal and can't do it right. <laughs> Let's have him sit next to kids. Yeah. Too close. Yeah, yeah like, is yeah. He, I don't understand. Is he, like, on the Enterprise, I, I first I'm like, he can't be at school because that's creepy and weird. <laughs> so then I'm thinking, like, there's, like... Like the Billy Madison <laughs> of the 24th century. <laughs> wait, so then, wait, Data has never gone to school? <laughs> Your academy certificate is null and void, Data, until you complete the first 12 grades no, of no. school. I told Bruce Maddox it's not honorary. I earned it. I earned it. That is absolutely the worst piece of pottery I've ever seen, and we're all dumber for having viewed it. <laughs> A music note, really, Data? Really? No, so I, so I assumed it couldn't have been in school. So then I was thinking maybe it's like... Uh, like an extracurricular like uh, activity that the Enterprise sponsors or whatever. But please tell me how you justify this, Daniel. <laughs> no, I'm like, curious. No, this could be the whole episode. <laughs> and re-riding. then I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this kid here? This kid should be on the holodeck or whatever, you know, doing whatever. I don't know. So I just didn't understand the context at which data would be. 44 minutes of this episode is going to be focused <laughs> on the classroom. And then the last frame is going to be like, we're detecting a comet. <laughs> and then it like fades to black. <laughs> I'm going to make this make sense, yells Daniel. <laughs> It's like beautiful minding it in the writer's room all alone. We're like, okay, Daniel, let us know when that first teaser scene that's like 30 seconds is done. No, believe me, the last thing I want is a Masks Part 2. Believe me. <laughs> Mama Masks. Okay, so getting getting into our, into our rewrite, like I was stating before, uh, 
you know, most episodes of, of Next Gen and, and Star Trek, for that matter, they have a, a main character that's being focused on. Uh, so my thoughts were, do we want this to either still focus on, you know, Picard and Data? I mean, it's primarily, obviously, a Data episode. But like we were mentioning, there's actually quite a bit of Picard. It could almost be a Picard episode just because of the archaeological form. Or because it's late season seven, do we want to completely radically shift to another character we felt didn't get enough season season seven screen time the nurse ogawa episode (laughs) (laughs) well you know i was thinking too this is actually split pretty evenly like we said like that that um that scene where data starts getting those personalities taken over his body sorry <laughs> that scene, whether it's like maybe 40, 50% of the way through the episode, that is when it shifts because up to that, it's a data episode. And then after that, it's right. a Picard episode. So it's actually kind of a weird split. So um, you're saying as if it's almost as if data was prominent in the sky for the first half of the episode, but Picard sort of chased yeah. him throughout. <laughs> like, to use an analogy, like, I'm trying to think uh, what would be a good one to use. Um, you are giving the no, wait, writers now, too in the much end credit. of this, the, uh, yeah, it's almost like they actually planned. They definitely did not pay that oh, much right. attention to what they so, were so, uh So it sounds like we're leaning towards making this a Picard episode. Yes. Like, another Picard's archaeological, part of the archaeological trilogy, as it were, of <laughs> the chase, uh, Gambit, and now whatever we end up calling the masks rewrite. Not masks. <laughs> Not masks. That's right. That's a working title. <laughs> we got to come up with something a little better than that. Yeah. I don't know. Unfortunately, unfortunately uh, this may end up like Deep Space Nine and just becomes the title. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it, we need a little more Latin. Can we come up with some Shakespeare half quote? I'm sure we can think of something. All the world's a stage. But... <laughs> 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 uh, or a comet. All the world's a comet. There you That's go. That's right. Oops. Now, see, one thing, all right, and, and I'm just going to throw this out, but y'all don't, you can just completely flush it. All right, so the ending line, or the ending scene, was actually what caught my attention of, you know, hey, Daddy, you just had a whole civilization. Did you realize it was over? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, think, well, this is, two, this is, must have been generations. Um, but, like, was it, Daddy, you've lived a whole <laughs> civilization. Because then what did that make me think of? The inner light. Because who else has lived an entire civilization? Picard. And so I'm almost like, how could this have been almost Data's inner light? And so so for 30 seconds, this is what I just thought. So like, it's almost like Emergence, combining with the, the basic mask plot with Emergence. So you still have everything being transported or whatever, except all the people um, you know, that are going to start appearing um, are actually aspects of Data, but they're not played by Brent Spiner. I know, I know, I know. But they're not played by Brent Spiner. So, like, one would be, like, like the Sherlock Holmes character. Um, and one would be, you know, sort of like an artist representing his artist side. It's so all these different parts. But it'd still be, like, the civilization being represented, but through aspects of data. And so, in my mind, I had sort of Picard and Geordi trying to figure that out. Because you had Picard, the archaeologist, and Geordi, data's best friend. So, you can ignore that. But that's kind of what I was going with. It's kind of like what I, I was thinking about. I was breaking it down. I, read, I was reading Memory Alpha, too. And they were talking about... Like, the theme of this episode, like, the underlying idea originally was going to be the the Library of Alexandria, the Lost Library of Alexandria. Right. And that, that that the different personalities weren't personalities initially. They were different aspects of the library, but that was too conceptual to kind of put on screen. So then they kind of made them... I'm the card catalog. <laughs> I'm the reference desk. Yeah. Mr. Atos could return from the original series. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the, and a big problem well, I had with this episode was the fact that, like, I don't understand. So, so these beings, like Masaka and Corgano, are gods? Myths? They, they keep calling them myths. But, so they're essentially legends. But they're, like computer programs like i I just didn't like i guess maybe that's i would be the equivalent of a like a holodeck character but i just it didn't come across as like why are they programming these things to infiltrate these other things i just i didn't understand what the end goal of that civilization was it just didn't come across very well so i was just like trying to salvage that in my head and i couldn't do it yeah i remember reading in in memory alpha as well that i think one of the speculations of what the comet archive was was kind of an advanced Genesis device, where basically Genesis? it could <laughs> it could rebuild a lost society. But we were, you know, that's why it was kind of transmutating the the Enterprise into, 
a temple or a location. It was, I don't know, it was very strange. Yeah, to, to me, and look, I'm no um, uh, anthropologist, even though I did watch season two of Community. Um, but it just seems like that's an odd mix of that you have this ritualistic culture, like a Mayan or an Aztec or whatever civilization, which, you know, it was advanced in their own way, but they weren't, like, space advanced. Yeah. So, like, if yeah. you're going to be technological... And they're going to pack all their stuff up and put yeah. it in a space archive yeah wait wait there's a bit of a jump there yeah, yeah it's like a little too ritualistic for a culture that and again i don't know maybe that deceptively so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number I, one. I know i know so that yeah i, I agree with daniel why why is this 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 civilization that's capable of of space travel like confused about how the sun and the moon work like they're just like you know what i mean like uh guys you had to like build a rocket and learn the calculus to do these kinds of things how could you not understand how gravity works at this yeah, point you know, why understand. do you think they built the rocket what is that thing in the sky let's go kill it come on <laughs> all right so i actually got i got a good idea so Going along our thoughts of this being now a Picard episode, we want to focus a lot on his archaeology and, like I said, be the third part of our unofficial archaeology trilogy, because why not? Um, Dig it. What if, so So it's been established that, you know, this, this archive is reconverting matter on the Enterprise, and but way more advanced than our transporters and replicators do. I mean, we're getting living snakes we're getting basically like a biosphere. We're having living plants. So what if instead of data is now channeling all these people, these people actually just start appearing. It literally brings back the people. And then eventually towards the end, Picard is going to have the conundrum of, well, if I shut this thing down, are these people going to die? It reminds me of, because I'm doing my Voyager rewatch as well as Deep Space Nine, of the episode Displacement, which I don't know if y'all remember this one from Voyager, but it's basically where people just start appearing on Voyager, but every time they appear, mm. another crew member, yeah. and it ends up being this whole like just way of the aliens taking over. They're very slow takeover, yeah. yeah. But that's kind of what I was, I was almost having that similar thing of you have these people appearing, but I was trying to think of it in a way where, similar to the beginning of Displacement, where they should be non-threatening, like... They're either of that time represented by the information archive. So in some ways, like to me, a role of this episode, especially to combine with Picard's archaeology, is we should learn about the civilization. It's not just like, oh, they're a threat. They want to kill us. End of episode. It's like, you know, what what are they like? You know, which I think Mask was trying to do, but it doesn't really make sense. You know, with this whole, like, they're about the sun, the moon, old people, and stuff. You know, apparently they don't have a lot of good heat, I guess. They only have fire. How can they have technology and they only have fire to warm themselves? <laughs> right, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But anyway, um, so, but yeah, well, yeah. And that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying is it's, it's, we, 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 sh- we strip away the whole, like, sun and moon focus. I mean, that can be there. And, the, and no, it doesn't have to at all. But just, <laughs> but just like, you know, it's a spacefaring group <laughs> and, and we go more along the line of what, was in that kind of that memo of this is kind of a restart Genesis type device that is supposed to find a barren planet and rebuild this, you know, disposed society. But, you know, and while they are advanced and spacefaring, you know, they still have a past and they still have, you know, an architectural style and they have, you know, a religious belief. So having those visual elements wouldn't be out of place. We just don't have to, delve too much into the sun and moon and Corgano. Um. You know, I was thinking along those lines as well. And the problem is if you, instead of having these characters inhabit data, you have these characters become themselves. I think you're going to undermine the episode in two separate ways. Like you already mentioned it. You're going to bring up an issue of, well, what the heck happens when we're done? Like when we right. stop this process from happening, either we're going to have a whole lot of extra people hanging around the enterprise that are confused um or we kill them <laughs> which is also right. problematic uh and also and the, the episode wouldn't have enough time to deal with that and the other thing is uh two-parter mask okay <laughs> <I see what laughs> <you're going. laughs> 
Uh, and oh my goodness, I just lost my thought. Hang on, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's okay. You're saying it would undermine no, in I, two I, ways. And I hope that we do the Deep Space Nine approach to naming two parters. So like the first episode would just be called Mama Mama Mama, and then the second part would be masks. <laughs> masks. So and the other the other way would be. The fact that living, presumably you'd give these people memories and stuff, and, and then you would lose the mystery aspect of it because these people would just be able to tell you what the heck was going on. So hmm, the, the way that's I, true. The way I kind of would reconcile that is because we've, we've seen the episode, actually, that they almost only interact with technology. Uh, then make yeah. them have like really prim- like either a primitive AI or just robots that you could only ask certain questions to. Like They wouldn't understand everything. But they would be programmed with the knowledge of plot, and they could only tell you what you wanted them to tell you. Now that that could be an interesting mix of, and again, I'm I'm spitballing, so there's probably gonna be problems I'll, when I, as soon as I say it. But okay, in order to make this a Picard and slightly data episode, androids, like maybe they're creating androids, you know, the, the same replicating process, but to to sort of represent their culture. Um, and so you have Picard trying to do the archaeology and then Data being fascinated with these new android life forms. But simplistic ones. Like like before Data, I don't know what you would call it, but like... <laughs> A1. Yeah, <something> <laughs> um, battleship sunk. Yeah, what if, what if you take a little bit of the page from, like, like we said, from Emergence and... Again, to keep it just to distill it and make it a little simpler, instead of like multiple androids, you have like a singular one that's being built, like let's say in main engineering. Uh, and so it's slowly coming online. And so data is interfacing with it and you get a bit of the data. But you also have the fact that, you know, a lot of the other things in the episode are still happening, like the rocks appearing and the and the computers are acting all weird and the Does tin tiles are everywhere still so turn into a swamp of course okay, ten forward has to turn into a swamp i mean can i see it it's, it's, can, can i can i, can I, can I just can, i just can, can go off the bridge can i look at it i mean it's no actually we don't have time to go there <laughs> like i mean the conference room is also a swamp but you're gonna have to take my word for it uh and you know but what and Nick 15's an aqueduct too, and and <laughs> what was main shuttle bay? That's what I want to know, but we're never going to see it. So why <laughs> we'll ask the question? To uh, mm-hmm. and to make an interesting twist on it, we could now make uh, the android not a humanoid, uh, but we could reuse one of those uh, season one. Uh, I think they were called Antedians. No, 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 the other ones, the snake ones. What are they called? Um, oh, Antikins. The Antikins, thank you. And make it a snake uh, android, a snake bot. A, sn- a snake oh. bot. Oh, snakes. Okay, <laughs> we got to get the snakes. I'm like, where are we going? How are you coming up with the oh, snakes? Can, oh, that's right. I, I can <laughs> see it. See, yeah, so you have the thing still being re- replicate, or, you know, being replaced or crawling the ship, but suddenly, like, you, they suddenly see these sort of, like, parts, and they don't know it's android parts, but eventually, you know, within five minutes, because it's only so long of an episode, but, like, either Data, Geordi, or someone figures out, like, wait, these are... These are parts to a thing. Oh, the, so they have to assemble them? Yeah, like, maybe this is the answer. Because, like, you know, you have the mystery, so you need something to help you solve the mystery. And it's like, oh, well, this, you know, maybe if we put this together, we can finally get answers. So this is almost like maybe, like, two and a half of the episode of when they finally successfully construct it. Because then that second half is sort of, like, the complications of what since it's constructed. Um, and, yes, it has to be a snake bot now. <laughs> but, but how about... I can see it, right, when they put in the, well, the final head, Riker just goes... <laughs> Did it have to be a snake? So we can keep that. All right, it lines, <laughs> in, lines in. But how about instead of um, multiple personalities, like because you're assembling this thing, it's just missing important pieces to give information out. So it's not like it's it's its, person, it's personality grows throughout the episode, yeah. but it's just missing pieces because it's not ready, like fully put together. And again, yeah. you have the threat element of things are changing all over the ship, so we really have to solve this mystery. Yes, we want this android to come online, but we also don't want to lose the Enterprise in the process. You just made a good time squared. Because the clock is reverse going, right? The sooner you get to the end is the more information the android is getting, and yet the faster it is, you know, it's not boring. Um, and we so- just solved. We're going to fix all the episodes yes. on this. Uh- yeah. Well, what if, I mean, I'm fine with it being a snake, uh, snake it bot, but it's now I was thinking, done. what if 
does it does it wear like a mask like the Masaka mask? Wait, is it, it is Cobra Commander Daniel? Did you just get us to do GI Joe? <laughs> Picard, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you, Picard. <laughs> Be great. Um, you know, I, actually, there's one element that I that I'm afraid we're going to lose in this transition to whatever we are <laughs> moving towards. Um, but I really like the end towards the end when the temple has been constructed and we have this kind of Scooby mystery gang with, with, <laughs> with Picard and Worf and Troy. And I really like that scene a lot. So I would be really, I would really be ashamed to lose that because I really, really enjoyed that element of the episode. I don't know how we could incorporate that here. Well, it, I mean, in a way, and it depends if we want to keep this temple. And because I, I don't like the temple, it, it's just too primitive to use a word. But <laughs> but like there's some sort of room or building, whether it's a library, like maybe I'm like there's oh, yeah. still like like you know you can still access this thing of like maybe the android Alexandretta, maybe the oh, wait, snake sorry, bot, no, <laughs> and anyone can start thinking of the snake bot's name while I'm talking. Maybe the snake bot <laughs> is is kind of plays the data role, if you will, because he's an android. But like says like, oh hey, I know, I think I know how to access. Maybe the library central, maybe this will do it because I just don't know what's going on. So maybe they do help access that, you know, create that room. Like maybe this is the main control room or whatever. Um, but you maybe there's still like, you know, whatever that room looks like, maybe there's still symbols mm. for, for. Maybe, the you know, initially they're trying to access like a more advanced room, like a control room or something, which is, but it's protected. So they're like, yeah, they need to roll. What's a lower level? Oh, wait, no, sorry. Yeah. Well, what's like a, what's a lower level system we can access and they're like oh like the library like it's it's not guarded or protected as much but it has a ton of information which we would need like it's auxiliary power and they need a crewman to i'm just spitballing <laughs> I, I have an idea guys and since this is a rewrite we can do what we damn well please so <laughs> this this where's the saucer separation <laughs> we need a saucer separation in this episode instead of instead of main engineering and instead of the temple it is a library that is being reconstructed on the Enterprise, right. but it's being constructed on the only room that's big enough to hold <laughs> this library, and we finally get to see main shuttle main bay. Shuttle bay. <laughs> and like, because I'm thinking like uh, of the most recent uh, Cosmos with with Neil deGrasse Tyson when they actually digitally recreated the Library of Alexandria, and I'm also thinking of the Doctor Who episode. Of the Don't great know if library. It's if it's called the library or not, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember, uh, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, so we could have this ginormous library instead of a temple, which makes way more sense for a super advanced civilization. Like we could have this ginormous library, and in the Nothing center but of it, Kindles as far as you can see. <laughs> and in the center of it, we have Snakebot, and uh, this is perfect. This this is starting to make a lot of sense. Okay, because we got uh, recap. It's our Picard. Uh, archaeology episode uh so we still have the comet the comet's still transmitting data to the enterprise it's changing the enterprise and it's creating these android parts around the ship and the main shuttle bay is they reconfigure into the um uh the main library is that where they're going to take all the android pieces together finally and try to put them together yes, there's like a th- yeah. I don't know if it's a th- well. I guess it wouldn't be a throne because an altar. Uh, well, I'm the- almost <laughs> thinking like they may have to construct the because I, I mean, we could do it either way. But like I think they have to construct the android, and he's the one who helps them them like finally get the right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So put him. Let's. Hey, how about we put him together in I don't know like uh, sick bay? So then Doctor Crusher can get five freaking <laughs> seconds in this episode, right, and you can maybe have like it doesn't have to be long because you could do it long, but just like a short because in order if we're going to keep up with this theme from the beginning. Of Data and the Android talking, because Data will be fascinated that there's this Android, but this Android's still learning, but maybe he's kind of a very different personality, so I don't know, it depends on how you cast it, but because it's a snake, for goodness sakes. But anyway, so it'll be so... <laughs> Ugly bags of mostly water, <laughs> yeah. hey! But like, it could maybe be like wholly different that Data's fascinated, like maybe it's an imaginative, I don't know how we're doing this, but like, you know, because that we're playing with that theme. Of like maybe it's more of an artist or a philosopher because it obviously represents a great civilization. Those are the only choices it could be, um, and so <laughs> and so data sort of fascinated by that imagination aspect. But anyway, go ahead. And also, I like the the fact that we're using the main shuttle bay because it'll be like this: like they've transformed the main shuttle bay into the library. All right, you know, and they're in front of the the, the cargo doors or whatever, and they're pressing the button, so the doors open. So you think you're going to see the main shuttle bay and just see the and change <laughs> to the library. You're like, ah, oh, I was going to see it almost. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and then um, what, what, wouldn't it be cool if we got a, a holodeck scene, like minority report style, where Picard's kind of like pulling all the art, all the symbols together, and he's trying to crack the code and figure out what's going on? Yeah, you just have like, I don't know, whatever third character, like Worf, being like, I think this button on Picard's like, no, that symbol means something, something, because archaeology reasons. That means death. <laughs> <laughs> like well the sword is usually means you know like a weapon it's like no no obviously the no. untrained eye mr Worf. <laughs> no, the crescent is for horns Worf, stop talking Sorry, <laughs> it looks like an antler really really that's what you got out of, out of this <laughs> look at least i have more scene time than the other two <laughs> i mean not sun and moon you going with antler that's really what you're going with <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um I, now i never want to play charades with Worf or win lose or draw you're just like pointing at this the does sun not make me think on of the you. board you just drew he's like dear antlers honor he's like doing the circle with the marker and the rays honor. coming out honor. and then the next one someone draws a picture of Worf and he's like dishonor hey you got it too soon bad parents. um okay so so we're reassembling the android in sick bay. So Doctor Crusher has something to do, uh, <laughs> and I, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know any writers of TNG that are listening. But please let us know. A, I want to know that's literally how you wrote an episode. Like Gates has to be in this one. I don't know. <laughs> this one's in sick bay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's where the whole you know, like I said, Beverly and Troy are like, let's go to our class, which we don't see. You know, it's like, it's pretty much literally the only time I think we see Beverly in this episode. But, um, okay. And then the main shuttle bay is transformed into the library of uh, Alexandria or whatever. <laughs> now, the, no, space uh, Alexandria. Yes. Space Alexandria. Yeah, it's a space library. <laughs> now, one problem with this episode, and I, and I know we, I, I know we don't care as we write this, but I think one of the problems with this episode is that they did have a big vision, but obviously not a big budget. So it's like, it's like we went, uh, what was it? We could go to an actual library and shoot. Well, it was like tin forward is completely Problem changed. Solved. And it's like, here, we put four palm fronds and changed the chairs around. It's, <laughs> it's a temple now. Like, I don't think it. You know, a lot. I actually got a lot of flavors of ge- Genesis uh, uh, of the episode. Um, that's what it's called, right? Why am I? Yeah, yeah okay. where they where they are all de-evolving. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of the same kind of like the ship is dark and there's like weird plants and stuff all over the place. And that is true. Uh, so I got a lot of that. And uh, the other thing that I thought of too, especially when you were talking about this Minority Report style thing, like trying to investigate this space library artifact, was of the Cis- the DCS9 episode where Cisco has the thing. And he's trying to figure that out too. I can't, I can't remember the. You know what I'm talking about, Philip. You know what I'm talking about. The thing you're gonna have to give me more than that. Uh, they, you're not talking about the pale moonlight. He finds no, 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 no. He finds the lost city of oh, oh the obelisk. God. Yeah, we are not doing this now, Daniel. We are not doing this now. Yes, I don't remember the name of the episode, but I know what you're talking oh about. God. The lost city of whatever. No, wait, was it a monolith or an obelisk? <laughs> I just want to make sure. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. It's a freaking obelisk. Okay. <laughs> Don't even start with me, Philip. <laughs> Don't even start, Gilfus. Don't even start. Um, I've seen 2001 Space Odyssey enough to know what a monolith is. Um, and I've seen enough Stargate SG-1 to know what an obelisk is, okay? Um, kids watch sci-fi. It teaches you a lot of cool stuff. Um, okay, so he's... So, a la Ben Sisko, he figures out... Along that, with Snakebot. Um, along with Snakebot that they need to access the library of space Alexandria. Um, so, okay. So why are we accessing the library? Like what is that to try to find the way to stop it? Yeah. Cause I think the weakness of the current mask is because it, and you keep using the word holodeck. It reminded me of like a bad holodeck program or bad, all right, holodeck, bad and holodeck at the end episode. they just shut off the program well, and everything like, goes back to normal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just play it towards the end. And shh. I'm like, that doesn't, that goes back to our whole like, what is the purpose of this probe? And so, um, that's what we're okay. gonna have to answer here. So, what is the purpose yeah. of this I probe? An, I have an idea. Do you have any dolphins on board? <laughs> I have an idea. 
So this those are only for the dolphin dolphin crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. This right. um, this comet ship, right? It's floating through space, and then it starts transforming the Enterprise. Well, that can be its original purpose. Like maybe it's like a seed ship, where it's supposed to go and kind of build this library somewhere, yeah. so that it's kind of like a kind of along that Genesis idea we were kind talking of like about. the Genesis idea, although it's like a specific thing it's trying to build. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's like trying to go. S- Is it meant to like defeat people? Like it sounds like it's almost like. No, 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 no. Asserting like, its will on Let's something. say that this is like an ancient civilization that's like, like you said, full of artists and sculptors and, and philosophers. They don't want their civilization to die. They don't want to it die. to die. So it's like it's kind of like um, the inner light in that aspect, mm-hmm. where they know that the knowledge of their civilization is what needs to the live outer on. outer light. So you're saying it's kind that's of like t- a civilization <laughs> that is so primitive, there's really no reason at all they should have been able to construct something as intricate no. as... <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I got, I'm with you. But, let, so, but so in the beginning of the episode, it's stated that this... Sh- the comet has been traveling is rogue for 86 million years. So there's some corruption there. There's, there's a level of degradation that this program has gone through. They didn't Wait. defrag the main hard drive. Wait, okay. this exactly. probe? The Voyager? <laughs> <laughs> so what it is, is it's supposed to find a suitable place to build this library so that people will, can come to it and learn of the civilization. But because of this Whatever, because maybe some, it got hit by something, or maybe it's just oh. it's just time that degrades it. So it's turning the entire enterprise into a library. Yes, oh, instead and of a plan, oh, and they maybe. have to construct they have to construct the quote unquote librarian fast enough oh. so they can stop oh. the program from running. The so great librarian. Can... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I don't know. Is it, does... Snakebot is the great librarian. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yes. Which is ironic since, is it Frakes directs the librarians now? But anyway. <laughs> okay, show. so, yeah. No, I like that. And so they're, so then, so that's the purpose of the probe. What's the end game? What does the Enterprise crew do? Do they just temporarily turn it off? Yes. Do they? Well, no. we have to so save they, the civilization so they, somehow. But, or right, save right, their right. impact. You know, how right. are we going to save these? Like, you know, maybe the librarian, Snakebot... Oh, this gets better and better. Um, <laughs> so, so wait, I have to do this. Yep, so, librarian snake bot. So yep. does the snake bot librarian, when you talk too loud, too loud, go? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but there is one important thing. We never address how the snake bot turns the pages of the of the books. So with the <laughs> forked tongue. <laughs> oh, we're just doing a shh. <laughs> sound effect yeah um but, well, what but if the, I always seriously. felt like <laughs> i always felt like uh the the end game should just be they find a planet or something like that and just say hey we'll 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 take you to this planet it's it's not super hospitable but you're a freaking android and people can come down in pressure suits if they need to and you can terraform this continent into your library all you please like it's not going to mess anything up I mean, they do that all the time. Like, they relocate people or they, you know. Yeah, and, and it can almost – and this may be a cheap ending, which I know we're trying to make it a, a good episode. But, like, it almost well, reminds our me – our budget's kind of run out by this point. I mean, well, we have a holodeck, you know. Well, it reminds me of almost like we can almost do a, a motion picture ending of, like, you know, the ending is, like, the great librarian, Snakebot. Yes, I love it. Um, you know, and Picard <laughs> and whoever, third person in scene who needs screen time, um, you know, are in the library and they're doing all the controls, Minority Report style, and they're discovering more about – and so this, this can be, a, you know, di- dialogue heavy because you're learning more about why they build the probe. Oh, because we're finding all the historical information. And then, oh, it's corrupted. Oh, this is supposed to be a planet and not a ship. Oh, we're so sorry. How do we stop it? And then this is where maybe Snakebot librarian and Data and, you know, whatever, whoever wants to get credit for this one. It's we just draw straws. Um, and there's like, oh, maybe we can, you know, fix the program and do it to a planet. Oh, ooh. What if the sh- symbol for ship and planet were basically just two different sizes of the same symbol? Because a planet was basically a big ship. Like, I think you're joking, but I'm going to be serious. Yes, because it goes to misinterpretation. <laughs> no, like, misinterpretation of, like, ancient yeah. and archaeology. And Picard's, like, can be like, ah, oh, this reminds me of the blues blues of blues blues who saw that yeah. this meant this when this meant that. Yes, I sure hate right. it when so things a, get misinterpreted. Like a giant sphere 
<laughs> is is planet which is their ship through the cosmos but a small ship is you know a vessel so like, which is could also be a you know it's a curve so it's the same symbol but just different size oh gosh maybe it looks like no. like a set of antlers no. but it's really the other way it's a frowny face instead of a smiley <laughs> face because they don't do emoji emojis in this civilization oh my goodness that would be awesome <laughs> it's a colon and a and a parentheses <laughs> You see data. The, the, back it's just in the, the shrug symbol ends up being. <laughs> back in the 21st century, the uh, the tongue out emoji meant uh, silly face. Oh. <laughs> I really want Picard using that archaeology knowledge for that. <laughs> oh, awesome. uh, but anyway, I think yes. we're good. Yeah, no, that's, that's my only worry yeah. is like so. I mean, because that can be the climax, and so do we. Is like the ending like kind of a cheap ending where you'd be like. Captain's log. We resettled yeah. the snake bot civilization <laughs> on Marcus Four, and then you just go to like a data scene, you know, ending this it with is it Marcus Four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I want that spacey ending, like Picard and Data or Data and Troy. You know, I don't know because I don't. We have to do some sort of like clever. What did someone learn? You know, whatever. Um, and it's like Data's like, I wonder, Counselor, what happened to that civilization? It would be interesting to visit them twenty years later. <laughs> and then Star Trek Insurrection, Daniel, is the wrath of Snakebot. <laughs> oh see, the, see, the new planet's called Alexandria 4. It is a prohibited planet and a forbidden subject. <laughs> yeah, you know, Snakebot's become a bit of a galactic controversy while you've been gone. But Okay, so at the very end, they they so it's the, the different symbols, um, the symbol mix-up. Yeah, because you can either treat it seriously because of the corruption. or humorously. You, either interpretation could be written well. It could be like a, like the smallest thing could be, oh, or it could be like, seriously, yes, many civilizations have misinterpreted their things to be wrong and cough, cough. So, so uh, I don't, I don't want to, this is going to be really pulling the reference out of thin air here, but instead of insurrection, it would be called Star Trek Wrath of Ka, like, like the snake from uh, the Jungle Book. <laughs> There we go. There we go. <laughs> no, no. What's the? Uh, and I'm not saying we're ending. Um, but like, it, it, what's like the theme of this episode? Like, what's like? I mean, we have like a good. What moral? What moral yeah. lesson have we learned? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, Star 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 Trek doesn't Don't really judge deal a book by its cover. Star <laughs> well, maybe, but Star Trek doesn't really deal with aging a lot. Like, maybe it would have to do with like an aging. I'm that was for Phillips, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but no, I mean, obviously. You see, as we get older, what will we be remembered for? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how does this tie in with the data clay pot? If we're starting plot, if we're starting, well, with we that? could we could easily scrub that part. What's a kid? What about that kid, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the actor who plays okay, the android. Right, okay, let's 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 fine. Let's tie it in somehow. Let's let's. Look, we used we dragged out the Save by the Bell set for this one. Okay, as if you didn't notice. Let's make it about legacy, right? And then Data can can be like maybe they're studying some artist and and why maybe Data's writing his memoirs because he wants to be remembered. <gasps> oh, oh, oh! I got it. The, it starts with that little kid giving like I don't know, like a book report or something for school, but about androids or 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 robot, you know, whatever. And and like Troy. And Data says in Exhibit A, he's just like, show and tell. <laughs> right over here. It's show and tell. No, like, Troy could have invited Data because, like, oh, this is what the kids are learning. And Data's like, oh. Can it be the kid from, uh, what was it, Brothers or Attached or the one that gets scarred? And, no, like, it's Webster. We're doing this morph tie-in properly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Webster tie-in. But, no, the one that the kid that gets scarred and wants to be an android. Could uh, be that uh, kid. Yes. Oh, what, uh, Alter- what episode? Not- it's not alter ego, but um, something like that. Hero worship. No. Hero, hero worship. Hero worship. Go. Yeah. Oh, I got it! I remember the title. Yes. <laughs> um, ten points to Gryffindor. Uh, so <laughs> no, he's Ravenclaw. Yeah, so it's the kid from Hero Worship. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I mean, and, I mean, uh, it wouldn't even have to be anybody that we knew. He would just have to be doing the report on someone who was like obsessed with being remembered, and like that, like you know. And then Dave's like, why does it remember? <laughs> why is it so important that humans, you know, want, you know, humanoids want to and be then human? And then Picard later could, as Data's asking him about it, he could say, well, when I was, you know, 
insert line that talks about inner light, you know, they obviously wanted to be remembered, you know. <laughs> well, well, why would someone want to be remembered? It's like, yeah, why are there so many old things on Earth? Old, old, old buildings, old, and it's a brother's reference. It's, so. it's ultimately, I mean, it's not, this isn't really honestly anything we haven't seen data try to learn before, but it's ultimately a, a lesson in mortality. Uh, which we which we've kind of explored through data before, Getting but older. it could be it could be just an interesting aspect of that, like how like data, like we've talked and data is like I have no expiration date, I don't necessarily might not die, and like we could talk and be like have that conversation where like data, what would you if you were to die, what would you want to be remembered for? And it's also that you know an, another aspect is that you know data can be worried about you know we either can be implicit or explicit that you know he's going to outlive everyone just just go with me guys um, and uh, <laughs> and he'll be worried that you know Philip I hate to know I hate to I don't know what you're talking you about this. but but that he is going to be a carrier for this civilization oh um, yeah that's cool and so like just like Snakebot. You know, data <laughs> is going to be yeah. the great librarian snakebot. Yes. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I want this like snakebot, comma the great librarian <laughs> copyright circle. Um, and if that's the show title, I will let guys, myself. Guys, um, but I, yes, I have this. Okay, guys, this is why we're not writers, but we love Picard, right? And let's well, say well, the- one quick question. Dan, are you saying, though, that you're wanting to focus this now on a data episode no, no, no. or and still have it primarily be a Picard no, episode? No, and this is, why I brought, this is what I was just about to say. Um, th- this final conversation, this closing scene between Data and Picard, and where Data, like Picard's trying to teach Data about what it, why it's important for people to want to be remembered. And, I, and this is something that I don't even know the answer to being a Picard fan, and I'm curious what you guys might say. Let's this. The conversation goes like this, you know. Data's like, uh, you know, why? Why was it so important for the civilization to be remembered? Why? Why did they do all of this? Why did they commit all of these resources or whatever? And Picard's like, well, it's important. People, humans, you know, whatever you want to say, beings want to be remembered. And 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 Data says to Picard, well, sir, what do you want to be remembered for? And what do you guys uh-huh. think, like? I don't even know. Like, would, would, Picard would Picard want to be say? remembered as a great captain? Would he? Would he want to be remembered as a diplomat or as as an archaeologist? Like, what would Picard's response to Data be? What is his most important thing? I don't. That's a tough question. I I think Picard would sidestep the question and say something profound like, "You know, history is its own judge of what it chooses to remember." You know, like because he's not one for seeking like fame but yet he's obviously has all these exploits and he's obviously very well known arms raised in victory (laughs) (laughs) well i I I could that's what i think picard yeah and i can almost imagine that he he also go go with sidestep just because it avoids answering the question like darren um and and where (laughs) picard kind of i answered the question with sidestep (laughs) steps up you know stands up and then like gives like he said like snake <laughs> wanted you, the great librarian. Wanted you to. Have, <laughs> I love it. Wanted you to have this, like whatever. It's like some archaeological thing. He gives the data and says, "Data, you ask that question brings you one clo- step closer to being human." <laughs> and then exits on that patronizing he's like, line. He's like, "Dang, data, you're practically a human now. You should start paying taxes." And then we have to see. We have to see Snakebot, the Great Librarian's archaeological piece, <laughs> in Data's quarters in every movie. When generations, it better be in the back during the emotion chip scene, right next to the Sherlock. Well, it's pipe. a mask. Yeah, it's a snake mask. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm I'm legitimately curious though, guys. Or it's a book. <laughs> I'm actually like I skin. really want to know, and I'm going to ask you guys, and I'm also going to. I already answered your question, did you? No, I didn't no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold your feet to the fire on this one, and I'm also gonna, I'm gonna posit this uh, for the for the Babel conference, guys. I'm interested in what people think. What would Picard's response to be? What would you want to be remembered for? And I, I man, that's tough for me. I don't know what I think. I don't know what John Luke would say. Like, what do you want? 
Well, you don't know, but yeah, my answer is sidestep. Yes. Okay. Well, your answer. Okay. <laughs> you know. yeah. No, no, yeah. See, yeah, no, I get it. They're in sidestep. I sidestep, and Daniel's answering the question, so he doesn't have to ask it. That's 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 the answer. <laughs> so you Daniel's come asking for. the entirety of the internet. You're under all gray. Um, I I would like to hear different responses. I'm actually really curious. No, I would too. That would be very interesting. I mean, he's going to want to be remembered for big things, but not be remembered for big things. So it's sort of like, you know, keeping the peace, you know, but he doesn't want to be like, I'm the one who did it. So, yeah, I don't know. But hey, we just like, it was a team effort. Yeah, we just, uh, we just kind of made an episode there. That was pretty fun. That was fun. That's right. Oh man, we will long be remembered. For Snake Bosch, <laughs> the great library. It's something we should have done a long time ago. <laughs> yes. But first, we had to get to our Beverly episode, so you know people wouldn't get upset. Look, I'm not promising that Earl Grey 200 will have Snake Bot in it, but <laughs> yeah. don't be surprised. <laughs> Wait, Snake Bot s- colon the Great Snake Librarian, Bot, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, I, I love that introduction, Snake Bot. What? A great librarian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a rough recap of our new masks episode. Not called masks. Uh, it's a Picard. <laughs> it's a Picard focused episode where um, they come across a comet. It starts transforming the Enterprise into a great library, uh, primarily on the main shuttle bay. Uh, they Minority Report style esque figure out that there's been a symbol mix-up between planet and ship and it's been transforming the ship instead of a planet and they find the you know mentakis three or whatever wait sorry that's the protovulcans we don't want to put them there it can be called uh, some other planet three. we can we can do a little masaka three yeah. little homage there yeah. and the sun's called a corgano no it's the moon <laughs> um, that circles masaka <laughs> it's in the masaka system so it's masaka three. Oh, there we go and- there we go uh, and they launch a probe, and they call it Corgano. Uh, so anyway, so they they transplant as it's you know after it's been trying to build this android, the snake bot, the great librarian, <laughs> and, um, which is our episode title, even if it's not the episode title of uh, this episode. Uh, so in the end, everything we're learning about what it means to be remembered. So, but what, what do we want to call this episode in, in the Star Trek? Remember uh, me. TNG. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Philip, but uh, it's actually, it was just used. Oh, uh, we just missed that one. Legacy. Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say. Gosh. Um, the gosh, inner, no, that's, that's not going to. What would we call this episode? I don't know. Um, Emma's no, gosh, twice, <laughs> and that's used. Though. Well, I don't think we'd call it anything as specific as like the library because <gasps> that kind of gives away like what it's turning into. Like you'd want to keep that a secret, even though masks doesn't really keep anything a secret about what's the purposes <laughs> of the episode. But, snakes in a library. Well, we, could um, it, we could we could <laughs> snakes in a library. I was gonna it, say we call could, it main call it main shuttle bay, and everyone <laughs> will be freaking out. <laughs> we could we could call it the librarian. The librarian. Ooh, I like that. Yes, yes, because we, we really don't know who the android is. We know there's a library. We don't know that we're going to put this at the end. There we go. That's and now in in fanfic um, Babel conference. I want there to be a thousand comment thread on who would win the traveler versus the librarian. <laughs> Snake bot five thousand. Now I'm just picturing you know, and I'm hearing the music from uh, uh, was it the Music Man? You know, Mary and the librarian. Do 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 do. I mean, sorry. All right, that's why we hired you as the writer, Darren, not the composer. Um, and we just wanna... <laughs> I want dual credit. <laughs> well, coming up with the tale of Snakebot, the great librarian. <laughs> <laughs> if not the only thing we're talking about here on Trek FM this week, here's a look at what you may have <laughs> Elsewhere on the networks. <laughs> Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Is there that awkward part like near the end where he's like walking back to his shuttle like, so will this take me back or? <laughs> you said it wasn't very fast. Can I go fast enough to slingshot around the sun? Can we slingshot the Dyson sphere? Because that's basically a sun. Earl Grey. 
really she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. <laughs> Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicates. Like, Daniel's, like, at the watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, oh, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. <laughs> the orb. Well, apparently, and did you find this interesting, Matthew? Apparently... The Navark reports directly to the prophets. Which is awkward because they don't always show up for meetings, so... Right. Yeah. Plus, you never know what time the meeting is really going to be, right? That is true. It could have been yesterday and you might have missed it. The Ready Room. Do you think this episode would have been so popular and remain a fan favorite if the Enterprise had been overrun with zebra mussels? (laughs) (laughs) To the journey! The crew attempts to rescue three aliens in stasis from a bizarre program based on fear. Like all fear, you eventually vanish. Warp 5. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in The Next Generation for the very first time. And you had basically a crew and civilian complement of, what, over a thousand people? About two-thirds of that complement were civilians and their families. So you actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and their extended families on board. Commentary, Trek stars. One of the things that amazes me about the score for Star Trek The Motion Picture is that he he only had 50% of the movie available to him when he scored. So he, he was scoring an awful lot to scene missing, scene missing. The 602 Club. Where did he get the cloak from on the other planet? I really, really, really want to know. He shows up uh, with the he, cloak. He, he, he kind of fashioned it out of out of a rudimentary lane. Uh. <laughs> Literary treks. It's a small point, but I thought it was really interesting to have here in the book because, again, that's what Star Trek Deep Space Nine has really always done for Star Trek, which is kind of make faith okay in the Star Trek universe and show how it's valid. And so I thought that was a really nice... Uh, and it, again, it's a it's a tiny point in the book, but I thought it was pretty powerful, at least for me, who is somebody who is a faith. So. Mm-hmm. Axanar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time. And there's a certain amount of charm still to that but it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back in my opinion women at warp and we have her to thank for the fact that deanna troy only has two breasts yes thank you now thank you dc fontana for sparing us from a three-breasted troy and that's what else is happening on trek.fm so check out these shows to get in on the daily trek talk You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook.com slash TrekFM or join our Facebook listener discussion group, called the Babel Conference. Find it by searching the Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a trekfm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. 
So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. So Daniel, if someone wanted to talk to you about uh, how you would lay out uh, the Dewey Decimal System of the 24th century in the main Shuttle Bay Library, where would they find you? They can get a hold of me on Twitter, and my handle is 1updan. That's the number one, not the word. Okay, so you're numbering in a number system. Well, exactly, right. So the the number comes first, then the words, and uh, eventually (laughs) you'll get to me. You'll find me. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. And, Philip, if someone wanted to talk to you about your commissioned sculpture of Snakebot, the Great Librarian, (laughs) where would they find you? They can find my... uh, And, you know... Man, I'm I'm glad Aaron Harvey will be designing the graphic for Snakebot, the great librarian. We just want Geekfilter to hate us. That's all it is. They can find me on Twitter, and my handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina, which has many snakes in it. <laughs> and if someone wanted to talk to me about uh, the difference between monoliths and obelisks, <laughs> they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to flesh this out into a nice uh, spec script. I'm sure, you know, there's still time to submit. I mean, they had an open submissions policy on on Next Generation. Uh, it's not, oh, oh, the show's been off the air for like 20 years. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it got oh, canceled. Little late. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I think we'd better stop it. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> that was the wrong syllable. <laughs> uh, oh, God. In Make it <laughs> so. There we go. He goes, make it so. <laughs> no, that's not what a snake does. No, no, no. Because Snakebot is still is still being so. He, he keeps doing long O's instead of S's until he's finally fixed. <laughs> Fire.